Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime. But the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Trusley Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios with you on this Tuesday evening with you for the full four. Asking to download the Odyssey app. If you're not in the car as much, you want to listen in, put us on one of your devices today. Take the smartphone, take the Alexa speakers, take your tablet, take your Coleco, your Game Boy. Yes, your Nintendo 64, whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 910 on the game and uh, 910 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. If you can believe it, this is like two Tuesdays in a row that yeah. Dylan Matthews <laughs> has been with us. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. We gotta let the intro play, Ed. He's got his whole setup. Here. Oh, you gotta, he yeah. gotta set up for himself. Yeah. Dylan, I'll say it by myself because oh. the the Dylan's not ready right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't ready. Dylan, 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 Dylan. Yes, exactly. Dylan. That voice you hear is Mr. Ed Lover hanging What's out up? with me What's again up, on a Tuesday. Yeah. So good to see you, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Enjoyed myself last time. Now I'm back at the whole family listening, everybody, the wife, trying man. to find it on the Odyssey app. You know they don't know nothing about L- it. Listen, as we say in the South, we're busier in a one-armed paper hanger right about now <laughs> because we got a lot of stuff uh, to get into. Um, we will wrap up the baseball season, at least from our end, of what we want to talk about with our buddy Bob Nightingale coming up at 740. Let's start there. Braves. Braves. This, this I is cannot my, believe it. This is my first chance to react to Braves and Falcons and from Falcons. over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe it. <sighs> so disappointed. Yep. I was so disappointed. Why in the world can't they move men when they have men on base? I, that is the biggest problem facing the Braves. There, there, are, there are some glaring things about this series. They were – they're seven, eight, nine hitters. I'll, I'll tease it now. They're seven, eight, nine hitters mm-hmm. who performed so well during the season – when Harris and Vaughn Grissom and those guys were hitting at the bottom of the order. Right. In this series against Philadelphia, their seven, eight, nine hitters went three for 40. Good God. Oh, 75 is what the seven, eight, and nine hitters. You're not hit. winning no series like no, that. No. You're not. No, let me give you, you want one more stat? Yeah. Max Fried, uh-huh. Spencer Strider, right. Charlie Morton. Right. Those three guys combined to pitch. Seven and two thirds innings out of your starters with a fourteen oh eight ERA. No, so so basically they their three starters. Nobody gave gave you past seven innings. Nobody gave six and a half. No, no, nobody gave you past three innings. Three innings. Wow. They pitched seven and two thirds total. Total combined with the three of them. Wow. And averaged two touchdowns as their (laughs) ERA. You're not beating any. I don't. 
Listen, you wouldn't beat the Miami Marlins <laughs> exactly. like that. Exactly. So we'll dive deeper into this. Yeah, but we definitely that was, have to. We have to. That uh, pitching, that pitching was dismal, abysmal. I don't care what you want to call it. It was. It was terrible. It was just. It was hard to watch. Yeah, I. They just. You know, you had very few guys that did much of anything. You know, Riley. Riley didn't do anything. Dansby didn't do anything. Harris didn't do anything. Dansby a free agent too, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Now, now, now the big decisions. Come. Yeah. Now the big decisions. Because you need so. some pitching. So what do you do with Dansby? Well, you got to sign. You're going to spend your money on. You got to sign first. Dansby. Yeah, I'm not letting Dansby. To. He's a no. 25 homer Gold Glove shortstop. I ain't letting Dansby no. walk. No, no, you don't. That, let they ain't a whole bunch of those guys running around in baseball. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is the shift goes away next year. No more shift. No more shift. Okay. So you need infielders who can run around and play and Dansby defense. Can. He yeah, can. He can yeah. really play. Yeah, defense. he's an elite defensive player. Absolutely. So. We'll dive deeper into uh, all of that. Um, we'll get more into this in the next segment. We'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons as what a win. That was a dominating win on Sunday. They didn't yes, beat the 49ers. They dominated yes. the 49ers and on every Sunday. every aspect of the game, yep. the Falcons were better than the 49ers. And I said it the last time I was here on the other Tuesday. I said the Falcons are a team that does not have any real superstars, but they play together. They buy, they bought into it, whatever the coaches are telling them. They have bonded together as a team, and they believe in themselves, and they believe they can win every single week that they go out there. Absolutely. I and like what I'm seeing in the Falcons. By the way, they not only beat the 49ers on the field, they also beat them in the uniforms uh, as well with the red <laughs> helmets and everything. That it yeah, that back, was kind so. of fly. I was like, wow, look at this. I was like, all right, Falcons. All old right. school, man. That's yes, uh, that's go. really old school. So um, we'll dive deeper into that coming up here at, uh, at 720 this evening, but a great win all the way around. Um, We get ready, Ed, as tonight the NBA season officially kicks off. Hawks will be in action coming up tomorrow. Now, we will be on air after the Hawks game tomorrow, so we'll have a show. EOG, end of game until midnight. We'll react to what the Hawks do. Hawks get started not just for the season, but obviously the home opener as they take on the abysmal Dreadful, god awful Houston Rockets. <laughs> Rockets come here. Trash. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon got to be just grabbing his head and going, "What happened?" Uh, they just, I they've mean, been trash for a long they time. They are. That, that's a that's a bad franchise. So, Basuda. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's uh, you go trash. Exactly. Trash. So we'll see. Hawks should be able to get a win uh, here to start the season off with. But obviously, look, a lot of expectations, Ed, for this team. Um, I'm one of those people that thinks that they can be a top four or five seed again I in the it. Eastern Conference. Uh, I love, obviously, DeJounte Murray's played Jante, terrific. DeJounte Murray's yeah, nice. Yeah, he's, he's tremendous. He's, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. DeJounte Murray's what they just call nice, like out in the park. They're like, that kid, nice. Yeah. His handles is crazy. DeJounte, he he's, he's a superstar in the making. He has everything that you need to become a superstar in the NBA. He's just nice. And him and Trey together, Trey playing off the ball, Woo, it's going to be a problem. You know what else is nice? What's nice? Four years and $95 million because that's the contract extension <laughs> yeah. that DeAndre Hunter wow. got from the Hawks. They, got, they gave DeAndre Hunter almost 100 mil? Yep. Wow. You know, a lot of people were talking about he was going to get four years, $14 million no. a year. He got four for 95. Four for 95. $23.75 million per year. That's a lot of money for that young man. Now it's time to step up, though. This has to be his breakout season, both from a health perspective and a performance perspective. And a chaperone. He's going to need a chaperone. Yeah, uh, listen. (laughs) In Atlanta, he's going to need a chaperone. He's going to need a whip. 
is somebody to keep the women off him. Four years, $95 million? You know the what? You know the reputation that the reason – this has always been the thing. People have always said the reason that top flight free agents don't want to sign with Atlanta – is because they don't want to live in the same town that other side pieces are in. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. I know a few of them dudes, too. Yeah, yeah they don't want to live where yeah. the side pieces That right? That was one of the reasons that was always talked about why Dwight Howard really didn't want to play and, <laughs> and got, live in here. Because he got 14 baby right. mothers Exactly. Here. I why. mean, you know, he's got like an entire bench full of baby <laughs> yeah, mamas. I yeah, mean, so, know. you know, he that's does. why, I, you know, that's always been the thing about – Guys love to come here. They love to play here. Love they, to party you know, when, here. I, when I say when I say play, like yeah, they're I mean, not playing. Really we ain't play. talking basketball. Yeah, exactly. They're talking about play, yes, play. Exactly. So yeah. um, you know, they didn't want to come here for that reason. Don't so. want to live in the same city as your baby mother or your side piece. I'm there you go. You. Keep your side piece. Your baby mother is in Minnesota. Your side piece is in Atlanta. Absolutely. So and the rent is cheaper here. You get a nice. Oh apartment. yeah, cost of living is great. Yeah, yeah give it's a not nice bad Atlantic at all. Station two bedroom apartment. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> a little Kia Sorento. <laughs> yeah. Or like shout out to Kia. This is the Kia studio. Yes, That's it why is. I said Kia Sorento. But give them something nice. Let them ride around. It's nice. So uh, look, tremendous extension for him. God bless him. Um, you know, I think we all thought that he would that there wouldn't be an issue extending him. I mean, I think we all thought that um, they get this wrapped up and done because if not, he would have been a restricted free agent at the end of the year, sort of the same thing that they dealt with with John Collins a couple right. of years ago. But now you get him locked up in the fold. And look, um, all eyes are going to be on DeJounte. We had Clint Capella on earlier today on the radio station with the Steakhouse. All eyes now are on this team you know, Braves stunk it up. Stunk it up. Falcons are, you know, they're doing tremendous. But, look, they're almost – they're a couple of weeks away from being halfway through the season. That's true. So that season is moving along. Georgia's already halfway – more than halfway through their season. So it's going to be – we get into November to December, basketball will take a lot of front and center. And to be honest with you, our college basketball teams are, let's let's say, mediocre at best. Since, uh, uh... Stephon Marbury was yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's Tech had their one blip on the radar of winning the SEC or ACC title. Uh, Georgia hasn't been good since no. like Vern Fleming was here. Um, <laughs> That's a so, yeah, ago. so it's been a while since we've seen all that. So Hawks in a couple of months will be front and center as far as the landscape. Um, you know, we don't have any kind of playoff run for Atlanta United. No. So they're gonna have center stage and all eyes will be on them they got a squad. and how they perform. They got a squad. Yeah. Like this is not a joke team. It's like you can't say, you know, you can't say that there's certain big holes in the Hawks starting five. They have a squad. No, and they, they got some big players do. too. Yes. So it's gonna be this is gonna be interesting this this season. It's gonna be interesting because the Hawks can do something for real. Dylan, am I right? Um the only real injury dealing with Bogey will not be available. I know Trey was out of practice today because he was sick, but I think Bogey is the one guy who's What's wrong with Bogey? out. He's recovering from a knee injury. Oh, uh, he, he had, had like he had, he had operation. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. offseason. But he'll be back, right? He uh, he or probably the season. he probably won't be back for the start of the regular season, but he'll be back fairly soon. Okay. Yeah, I, it didn't sound like he was going to miss a a real extended amount of time, but he's going to miss a little bit of time early okay. on. So, right. um, so look that that probably means AJ Griffin, your first round draft pick, is going to get a shot to. To do some scoring coming off the bench, they're going to need some bench scoring. He's probably your most likely option. Did some good things in the preseason. So that all gets cranked up tomorrow. Obviously, all of your coverage will be right here, excuse me, on the home of the Hawks as uh, they will take on the Rockets. 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip tomorrow night right here. Steve Holman will have the call, and, of course, we'll be on right uh, after that. Um, 
Want to mention real quick, too, EJ, Kenny, Shaq, and Charles reportedly have all signed long-term extensions Thank to, you, stay, Jesus. to stay with the TNT Thank you. coverage. I love the TNT coverage. That love is – there, there's never been a better pre- or post-game no. show in the history of sports television. Than them guys. Um, those guys are as good as it gets. And, and I'm glad that they got Charles locked up. Obviously, he's been talking about wanting to retire – you know, who knows? I mean, supposedly that these guys got like six to eight years or something like that okay. as far as the contract goes. A lot of scuttlebutt about whether or not they'll all play it all out. They'll, they'll be around that long. Charles is talking about retirement? Yeah, he's been talking do about what, retirement. Going to pro golf tour? No. No, <laughs> I, I, but listen. He, he sucks. He's got enough money now. Uh, supposedly this contract may pay him as much as $20 million a year. Wow. That, yeah, he uh, he's going to have more money than God when it's all said and done. Yeah, so, he got um, bread. That's yeah. a lot so, of chips. So all those, all those issues that he had with his money early on in his life, are, you know, he's, Forget about yeah, it. he's he turned got, it all around. He got so. all that back. And we know about Shaq's money. Shaq's yeah, money is just. Yeah, yeah, Shaq's money is stupid money. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, money. yeah. yeah. He, Shaq, he said, if you want to buy you know, me and Chuckery something. We see you online buying people's stuff. I can use a Rolls Royce. How about you, Chuckery? Oh, uh, listen, I, I can use just about it. Listen, if you want like to owe me that. Hey, Chuck. you want to you want to pay off my ex-wife? Do that, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> help pay us, that off. Help us both out. <laughs> All right, when we get back, we will get into the Falcons and take a look back at the, what happened on Sunday. John Chuckery hanging out with Ed Lover here yes, in the Kia Studios on yeah, this yeah. Tuesday evening. Sports Radio, 92 in the game, the Odyssey.com app. It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Ah, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chuckery Show. Ed Lover hanging out with me. We, uh, we're here with you in the Kia Studios tonight. We're just watching uh, as the Yankees advance yeah. over my Guardians. So, yeah. And, I, you know, again, Terry Francona, we were talking about this. A lot of questions he's going to have to answer because he he started a guy in Savale who was 0-2 with a 10 ERA against the Yankees today instead of pitching Bieber today, especially <laughs> given that they, that they had a rain day yesterday, day off. He was holding Bieber back to pitch in game one tomorrow to try to give him full rest. But you know what? No game one tomorrow. Yep, exactly. Yeah, here, no here's, here's what he's got now. He's got three and a half months of rest. <laughs> so I ain't got to worry about resting. He's got Bieber. a long time yeah. to rest. Yeah. yeah, he's got till he's got till like the middle of February to rest his Jeez. arm up now. So, yep. Needless to say, Frank Cohen is going to have to answer a lot yeah. of questions. And he's had an outstanding Cleveland. year for them. I mean, he's been again. I, I was telling you, I, I think he's the American League Manager of the Year. Um, they were not expected to win that division. Uh, they're a really young team. They played a lot of guys this year, and they won that division pretty handily. So. We'll see what happens. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 910 the game. I'm at JMCH316. He is at King Ed Lover. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. We will uh, talk to Bob Nightingale one last time here during the playoff run coming up here at 740. But first, so our chance to kind of react to what we saw on Sunday against the Falcons who really beat up the 49ers at 28 to 14. They did. Handed it. There were a few things about this game that first off, I think the defense was outstanding. Um they held the 49ers to only 50 yards rushing, only 3.1 yards a carry. They shut down the running game. Garoppolo did not play well. They could not move the ball offensively. I thought the defensive plan, they created three turnovers. They got two picks. And a fumble that led to a touchdown by the defense. 
I thought the first takeaway for me is the defense in that game was outstanding for the Absolutely. Rockets. Anytime that your defense is, is going and moving on all cylinders like that, anytime that happens, when they're cohesive like that, they're moving as a unit, you're getting those three takeaways, it's hard to beat a defense like that. And they yeah. look great. Uh, listen, the, the statistic in the NFL is, I think it's since 2000, if you score a defensive touchdown, you win 75% of the games. Wow. So if you score a defensive touchdown, so imagine – you have a defensive touchdown and you get three turnovers. Pretty good chance you're going to win an NFL yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, chance, so yeah. pretty good spot uh, there. All right, so let's go number two. Let's give some love to Marcus Mariota. Yeah, big he, hand to Marcus Mariota. He was 13 for 14 for a buck 29, 9.2 yards per attempt, threw a couple of touchdowns, and of course ran for another touchdown as well. Look, I'm going to give the stat. People aren't going to like this, but I'm going to give you the stat. I've talked about this for weeks on end now. Okay, these are the stats. When Marcus Mariota throws it 20 or less times, mm-hmm. the Falcons are 3-0. and When he throws it 21 or more times, they are 0-3. and Keep him under 20. And I've said this for weeks. His sweet spot is 20 passes. Right. Keep him under and around, around that 20. mark. Keep him around 20, under 20 passes. What is it with Marcus Mariota and the Falcons, though? Because everybody in the league wrote him off. Everybody well, said, oh, he's a bust. He was carrying that bust thing on, on in the back. Because he's on his on third his team in seven years. Right. And he's the number two overall pick. He's the number pick. two overall pick. And that's, sure not, that's not easy to do is be on three teams in seven years right. when you're the second pick of the draft. Right. So that's why. I mean. And Jameis Winston was the first pick, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> yep. And he's on his second team. You <laughs> Jameis know? Winston is horrible. Yeah. I, again, he that's why he's on his second team, you know? Say, he makes so many dumb mistakes. Oh, he does. Yeah. I mean, so those two quarterbacks that were, you know, the the consensus number one, number two picks in the draft mm-hmm. have just not gotten it done. But I'll give Mariota credit. I thought he I thought not only his running the football, which has been consistent, but they didn't put him in harm's way. He made some key throws. He didn't he didn't put the ball in jeopardy. Or any, he played a clean game. Smart and we, football. And he we talked clean, about this. Hugh Douglas had talked about this on Sunday. If he can play clean, their identity of running the football and playing good defense, they're going to be in every game this year. Absolutely. I think that is the identity of the Falcons is run the ball, minimal passes, make sure Mariota doesn't make any ridiculous mistakes, any egregious mistakes, and let's let our defense do the talking. Absolutely. And listen, I mean, they control the line of scrimmage. The offensive line has been outstanding this year. I'll give you a stat. We get to 8 o'clock. I'll give the, we're getting the Falcons flyover. We'll talk about some of the pro football focus grades and, and one that will involve Lindstrom. But when you look at where this team is, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, Ed, and we talked a little bit about this last week, actually. Yeah, we sure did. I think they can win in Cincinnati. I, don't oh, think I know Cin- they can win in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not the same. That, that, I mean, no. look, their offensive line hasn't been as good. No. Jamar Chase went off this past week, but, you know, he's had a lot of catches for not as many yards. I think they can beat the Bengals, and then it's Carolina. You got over the next, like, five, six weeks, Carolina twice. Done. Steelers done. The Bears, Bleh. Washington, trash. I mean, did you see those two teams last yeah. Thursday, Washington and Chicago. <laughs> that was terrible. That were, listen, boring. Ed, if I was the commissioner, 
I would have flown into that game, and I would have told them to stop. Like I, I would have, I would have flown in on a private jet. I would have landed in the parking lot of the stadium. Just okay, stop. just walk yeah. out on the field. Yeah, and I would have walked on the field and been like, "Wait a second, hold on." And hold I'd, on. I'd have brought the officials over and said, "Give me your microphone. We are stopping this game." This game is terrible. Yeah, we're Take not it off playing of television. This we're is not playing any more of this game. You guys are done. Uh, what's the score? Okay, you win. We're done. We're not. We're not playing any more of this. It was so terrible. That's two teams that I think they can beat. And you mix in San Diego, who again up, down, sporadic things like but that. Didn't they look pedestrian against? Denver? They did. I mean, they, look, their kicker with his with his you know leg about ready to fall off had to save them against a Broncos team that I don't know what they got yeah, going, I on. going on. I don't know what's Russell. going on with Russ in that in that mm-hmm. team. That has been He's missing open throws. It's almost like he's not reading the defense yeah, and then reading the blitzes right. And and their head coach is not going to last very much longer. No, Hackett's not, not like going to be around no. there very much longer. But the schedule really opens up for the Falcons now and I do believe that there is a chance to string together some wins and and put some things together. And again, because of the way they control the line of scrimmage, the way they play defense, the way they create turnovers, there's no reason to think that they can't string together some things and stay in every game. Every Falcon fan that's listening to this show tonight, this is what we're all going to do. We're going to get a GoFundMe page, and we're all going to send money to Giselle, okay? We need you to keep Tom Brady shook because Tom Brady is shook right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, he went to Robert Kraft's wedding to some girl that looks like she could be Robert Kraft's daughter. Yeah. Okay, then he skipped the walkthrough on Saturday, and then they got shellacked on Sunday, and he got this divorce on his mind. So if we all get Giselle some real money and let her drag this out for as long as she can, Tampa Bay will be no problem in the division, not at all. Well, 840, we will uh, we will talk about that uh, because that will be what's bugging Chuckery tonight is uh, Tom Brady's <laughs> – Tom Brady's comments. Um, now he's a military soldier, but we'll get to that a little bit later on uh, out there. But you know, I, I, I love Ed the identity of what this team is, and I talked about this. I was with Mike Bell on Friday, filling in for Carl, and we were talking with Dave Archer. They are true to their identity. They believe in run the football, yes, sir. Control the line of scrimmage and play good defense, and don't give up big plays and create turnovers. Look, you'll stay in every game that you play in. And I think that's the thing is now there's a real identity. And I think the big thing for me, Ed, is, you know, in years past, it's been easy for head coaches to do things like abandon the run game when it wasn't working. That's right. Because you had you had Matt Ryan and Julio and yeah, Ridley Julio. and Roddy and Ridley, Sanu yeah. and Ooh. you had all these weapons you could throw it around to. Right. Now you don't have that ability. So now you have to stay true to your identity. And I think you see that if you do that – then you can have success. And I think that this is something that they can sustain. If they stay true to their identity and they keep Mariota in that little bubble in the bubble, and they run the football like they can, there's no reason to think that they can't be a, a team that continues to find ways to win games and stay in games. In I season. agree 100%. Marcus Mariota, if you get your ear on this radio, we're not saying anything disrespectful to you. You are doing a great job so far this season – don't go thinking that you're the man of the year. Don't think that you Joe Namath or Joe Montana. Do what you can and stay within the confines of the game, and we will make a march totally to the playoffs. I believe the Falcons are going to the playoffs this year. So one of the other things that we saw on Sunday too is, and I had to, I had to rub my eyes, and and I had to, I had to make sure that my eyes were adjusted. 
Kyle Pitts caught a touchdown. Yes, I Kyle, saw that. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Had a touchdown. In the United States of America. <laughs> it's his touchdown. first touchdown. That's his first? And his first touchdown As in the United States in America. Oh, he had one overseas. He had one in London okay, last one in year. London, yeah. Yep, his only touchdown last year came against those people we beat up in 1776 but right. uh when when we had it we had we controlled the line of scrimmage in 1776 but <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> so had a touchdown in london but that was his first touchdown look um the play that they drew up on that too where they were able to bring him out wide iso him one on one he's going to be he's going to win that every time yeah he's going to win that every time so again i don't really know where to find fault with the falcons on sunday because that Me was his that honestly was as complete of a game as they've played in, I will say, a handful of years. I mean, I might have to go back to the Super Bowl season to think about a game that was as complete as what the Falcons played on Sunday. Yeah, and I think moving forward, let's get Kyle Pitts the ball a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they can scheme him to get him out wide and get him one-on-one, then, then, nobody can handle then we should be able to do that on, a, on, a, on an every-week basis. Every single week. Even if it's just one play, right? if you can get that, you can hit that thing for big numbers. Yeah, you can. And I think that's the thing. And look, I'll give Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier credit. Those Algier guys, look good. Yeah, listen, I mean, without you know Patterson, who's going to be out you know, at least a couple of more weeks, those guys are carrying the load, right? Good for I mean, Algier, because I didn't even heard him until this week. Well, he was, you know, obviously he's the rookie that they drafted out of BYU. Okay. Um, so he was a very productive. He actually played with what's the uh, Dylan? What's the uh, quarterback's name and for the Jets that they drafted? Um, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Okay. So he played with Zach Wilson at BYU a couple okay. of years ago. Um, he's a he's a every down running back. He can run. He can catch. He scored a crap ton of touchdowns at BYU. Can he block? Yes, okay. actually he can. That's good. part of why he plays as well is because he is a good pass blocker. So good. the coaches have talked about that as well. So, look, Olamide Zacchaeus is making plays in the passing game. Huntley and Algier are handling the running load. Say that so first name again because I can't say it. Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus. Yes. It sounds like something you eat, don't it? It Let does. It, it sounds like you should catch up. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it sounds like there should be like a, a, a Bernays sauce or something <laughs> on the side like a, of it, right? So, Olamide Zacchaeus yes, with so, the Bernays sauce. Exactly. So, um, look, I, again, I think they can win in Cincinnati. I, I, I watched a little bit, saw some of the highlights, too, of that Bengals game. The be- the one thing that scares me is we'll talk about this at the top of the hour. Casey Hayward, their other starting corner, went on IR today. Uh-oh. So you have a depleted secondary. It's going to be key that their secondary plays well because Cincinnati's got all kinds of weapons. Yeah, they got a lot of weapons. They got a lot of weapons. Jamal they can toss Chase it over is the field. a beast. Too. Yeah, and listen, Boyd, Higgins, take your pick, man. They got lots yeah, of weapons out they do. there. All right, when we come back, we will talk to Bob Nightingale one last time as we wrap up the uh, Braves uh, part of the season, and uh, he'll be up next. He is our Odyssey MLB Insider, Sports Radio 92 in the game, the Odyssey.com app. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Ed Lover hanging out with me here. I am in the building. You got to get at the heart of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, and Carl Dukes take you around the league, give you inside scoop on storylines that matter most. New episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow In the Huddle for free on the Odyssey app. 
or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, obviously, it was a much earlier exit for the Atlanta Braves than we had all anticipated mm-hmm. and hoped for. So, tough sledding uh, there. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline as we do on Tuesdays. We talk to our Odyssey MLB insider, Bob Nightingale. Uh, Odyssey, or sorry, insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to Driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. And as always, <clears throat> excuse me, you can follow Bob on his personal Twitter page, at B. Nightingale. And, Bob, I'll start off by asking you this. What was more disappointing, the, the uh, I want to say Falcons, but the Braves' offense or the Braves' starting pitching in that series? Well, the starting pitching, you know, I mean, got some bad breaks. I mean, Freed obviously wasn't quite healthy with, you know, the flu or whatever he had, and Strider after missing all that time. Just didn't come back. So, yeah, it was definitely the starting rotation because that was such a strength. Uh, offense comes and goes in the postseason. So, yeah, definitely starters. Uh, Bob, do you think pitching is something that the Braves will be looking to acquire next season? Well, I mean, he's getting $20 million to Charlie Morin. You know, you got Derek guys coming back. And, you know, Jacob DeGrom would love to go there. But I don't know if they would pay that kind of money uh, for him. You know, they could get another starter, uh, but it's not – not necessity. It really isn't. You know, Bob. If you know, I brought this up. If you if you go after Degrom, somebody's got to go because right now, to your point, they brought Morton back. Obviously, Freed's going to get his arbitration. You've got Ian Anderson. You've got Mike Soroka. Uh, you got Kyle Wright. I mean, if you look at their rotation now, they've got all those guys back, and you know they'll buy out Oda Rizzi, but you can't. You're not going to have eight guys in your starting rotation either. Somebody's got to go, or somebody just doesn't pitch. Yeah, I mean, you can't kind of stroke, obviously. You know, who knows when he comes back? Uh, you know, be bonus if he does. Uh, yeah, I would think Degrom would make only sense if they hadn't signed Charlie Morton. So once they signed Morton, I don't, I don't, I think there's zero chance of a Degrom fitting in. This has been a really big disappointment for the Braves. What do you think it is about the Braves that they can't seem to move men around when they have people on base? I think in this case, I think I do think the layoff for them. I really do. And when we saw it happen, and their timing was off. I mean, you saw it timing off all series. So one of those things, I'll blame that more on the layoff than anything else. Our Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. So Terry McGurk, uh, president for the Braves, talked about earlier this week that, you know, they were a top 10 payroll this week. He anticipates they could be a top five payroll even as early as next year. They are willing to spend money. They're making a crap ton between the battery and their team and everything else. So, you know, we kind of look at left field as one of those positions that, okay, where can we upgrade? I expect that they will sign Dansby. Do you think they get in the market for another big outfield bat in the offseason? I don't see a big bat. You know, Conforto, who knows how he is. He missed it last year. You know, with his shoulder injury, you know, he'd be a nice guy. You know, don't need Nemo because they already have a uh, Harrison center, so his strength is uh, center field. Uh, yeah, I, I would think there'd be enough outfielders out there, you know, that you can jump on someone, depending, uh, you know, depending what happens. And, then, you know, not, that's not going to be an expensive thing, maybe a two-year deal, deal for somebody. But, yeah, I, I think they'll kind of a bargain basement shop on that. So if they have a lot of money to spend and they're willing to go up and become a top five team as far as salary is concerned, where do you think they're going to spend the money? 
So, I mean, you got to spend some money on shortstop no matter what. If you don't bring back Swanson, you got to get somebody, whether it's a ball guard or, you know, if you, uh, if you really want to spend you know, spend money, go get Trey Turner. It's going to cost about $325, $350 million. Uh, he wants to come back east. Uh, a lot of people want to play in Atlanta, so does he. So if you really want to spend money, you grab Trey Turner. Do you think that they bring Jansen back as their closer again next year? I don't know. I, I want to say no. It seems like with closers, you know, you, you, know, you get the uh, kid from the Angels, so you, you see him. I think with closers, it's tough to rely on year after year. So my gut tells me no on Jansen. Artist, MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here in the WaitFor.com hotline. So when last we spoke, you know, obviously – the Braves have been eliminated. The Dodgers have been eliminated. Um, the Yankees were trying to get eliminated today, but you know they they found a way to win uh, over my Guardians. <clears throat> Jeez, um, you know the Astros were playing an 18 inning scoreless game and all the crazy things that have gone on. Do we have any sort of better assessment of the playoffs thus far, or you know are we just just kind of enjoying the run right now and we'll make more determinations as it goes along? Yeah, I think it's going to take time to see, you know, how much those layoffs hurt teams. Now, if the Astros have only played three games the last 13 days, if they get beat, then I say, you know what, I'll blame the layoff because the Astros are so much better than the Yankees uh, or anybody in the American League. So if, if they have a rough go, then I'll blame the layoff. When we look at this Phillies in San Diego series, and you brought up San Diego, and, and I like the team. I'm with you. I like – I like what they've got uh, over there. How? Let, let's start with this question. How disappointed do you think the networks are that you're not seeing Atlanta, you're not seeing the Dodgers, you're not seeing a rematch? You know, how disappointing is the idea of – forget the baseball aspect of it, the, from the TV aspect of it, San Diego and Philadelphia. Is, is there a disappointment in that for the TV executives? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if the Yankees have been bounced out, we've been devastating for all the networks, so they got lucky there. But, yeah, I mean, it's a big blow when you get the, uh, you know, the Mets out and the Dodgers out, uh, definitely. And Atlanta's a big market. You know, Houston's a big market, too, but New York and L.A. Odyssey MLB insider Bob Nightingale joining us here on the WaitFord.com hotline. When we look at that series on the field, um, you brought this up. I've talked about it as well. I love that top three starters for – for San Diego. And look, Wheeler pitched outstanding the other day. Nola pitched outstanding the other day. But I really do like what Musgrove, you know, Darvish, Snell, I like what those guys bring. If where is the Padres' advantage in their pitching, in their lineup? Where do you think their biggest advantages are in this series? Uh, we live pitching for sure and defense for sure. Uh, starters, you're right. I mean, three guys for uh, San Diego. Uh, you know, our top notch. Wheeler and Nola are top notch. Uh, you know, Suarez has done well. But yeah, I would say the relief pitching with Hader in the back end that bullpen is a big difference. How do we look at this Astros and Yankees series? I mean, I think everybody figures now the Astros are the prohibitive favorite to win this whole thing, given really as much as everybody else who's been knocked around. And my partner, Ed Lover, over no. here is shaking his head because no, he I'm from he does, New York City. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear his Yankees no, getting knocked out. It's not going to happen. But, I mean, how prohibitive now do the Astros become in winning this whole thing? A massive favorites. You know, I was joking around before when someone asked my prediction. 
And they said, what do you got? I said, Astros on three. I think it's going to be lopsided. <laughs> Not helping me out I mean, here, Astros, Bob. I think Astros are a better team anyway. I mean, they've proved it all season. Remember now, they played seven times. Yankees never wants to play once with a lead. Uh, I used to wow. think Astros are that, are that good, and I think this is the year of Dusty Baker who gets that World Series. So if the Astros win, <clears throat> what is, does that do anything to change their legacy? Because still a whole bunch of those guys there. I mean, Altuve is still – Hitting home runs, you know, for this team, <laughs> does it does it change their legacy at all if they win it this year? Well, I mean, this, you know, remember those uh, the great Yankee teams from uh, you know ninety six to one. Uh, we're seeing a repeat of that. I mean, this is a mini dynasty that Astros have built. Uh, you know, people say they want about two thousand seventeen. They weren't they weren't the only team cheating. There were so many teams that were cheating. They just happen to have a whistleblower. Uh, and, and you know that's all. And uh, but it shouldn't. I mean, people probably want to keep blaming. There's like two guys left in that team, uh, position players. You know, from that 17 team. So you know, like you said, I mean, Bregman's an outstanding player. Altuve's an outstanding player. You know, Gurriel. So no, it, it's it it should wake people up and say, you know what, uh, this is one of the best teams we've seen in the last 20, 30 years. You know, Bob, I'm glad you brought that up because this was my issue the whole time. And, and I said this, and, and people, you know, fussed at me about it because I said the same thing. Anybody, we, we know now that the Astros weren't the only team cheating. Like, we know that they weren't on an island by themselves doing mm. something different than everybody else. There were a whole handful of teams that were doing crazy different things. It may not have been exactly the same among some teams, but there were all kinds of teams that were cheating and doing different things with video or this or that or what have you. You think that point is sort of lost in the discussion that the, the Astros just, they got the most egregious catch and, like you said, a whistleblower that brought them out, but they were certainly not on an island by themselves doing things. No, there were a ton of teams doing stuff. I mean... You know, the Yankees got caught. The Red Sox got caught. The Dodgers didn't get caught, but they were right there, too. There were all these teams that were cheating at the same time, but none of them, you know, squealed to the press what was going on. Uh, I mean, hey, you know, you can blame baseball for opening that door. You know, when they uh, had video rooms right, you know, outside the uh, outside the dugout there, and uh, you're allowed to have phones, everything else. So they did a poor job trying to police it. So let me ask you this question, because now, now you got me thinking about some things. I think me personally, this is me personally saying this, I think Altuve is a Hall of Fame player. Do you think that Do you think that the scandal knocks him down some, uh, or do you think he can overcome that, especially if they win this year? Do you think Altuve is a Hall of Fame player, and can he overcome the stigma of being a cheater? Because he is the face of that Astros cheating scandal, whether it's fair or not. Yeah, I mean, the, the – uh... The unfair thing about it is that he wasn't part of the uh, cheating. He told them, do not show me signs. I don't want to see signs. Now, I've talked to a number of those Astro players. Hey, blame me, blame them. This guy didn't want signs. But you're right, because he's such a big star, he gets booed the most, and they'll, they'll be you know, all over him in New York. Uh, you know, I wonder how that's going to affect. I think we'll see a better judge that this year. Carlos Beltran is on the Hall of Fame ballot. More of a borderline-type Hall of Famer. But I, we'll see how much that hurts his thing, and I do believe that uh, I believe that do believe that will affect Altuve. I don't think it should, but I think it will. Do you do you personally think he's a Hall of Fame player, Bob? 
I do. He's certainly on the road. You know, if he stopped playing tomorrow, I would say no. Um, but the way he's doing, you know, do that for you know, another three, four years. Absolutely. Bob Nightingale is our Odyssey MLB insider, and insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. As always, Bob, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for being a part of this postseason coverage. Um, we're not real happy in Atlanta, but you know we'll continue to watch, and we'll probably talk to you here as we get close to the World Series. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. You got it. There Take you care, go. Bob. Stop hating on the Yankees. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, it will be interesting about Altuve because, you know, he's going to obviously play, but you're talking about a guy who's going to have over 1,000 runs scored, over 2,000 hits, over 200 homers. He's going in. He's probably going to have 300 stolen bases. He's won three batting titles, probably going to be around a lifetime 300 hitter. Right. I, I, I don't think, see how you keep him out. I don't either. Uh, in today's modern era of baseball, like how many guys have been better pure hitters than Jose Altuve? Not a lot. A- and I know he gets the stigma of the whole cheating thing. But I he understand shouldn't. that. He shouldn't. He's well, one of the guys that said, I don't want signals. Don't give me signals. This is my problem. Because he's on the team? They all cheated, though. Like all these teams, the Red Sox, cheated. the Yankees, Yankees, the Dodgers. Too. Mets Look, cheated. Everybody cheated. All kinds of teams cheated. Nobody wants to admit that, but there's all kinds of teams that were cheating the Mets and all the uh, Phillies. Everybody cheated. Everybody had something going on out there. Nobody, and people so, don't like to talk about it. They just happen to have a rat. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they, they had a guy in there inside that decided to, to spill his gut. He ratted yeah. him out. Yeah. A snitch. Period. What what was that thing that Jack Nicholson did? Get the rat, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. From the depot from the departed. <laughs> from the departed. All right, we get back for the top of the hour. Falcons flyover. We'll hear from the head coach, the linebacker, give you some grades, and one player heads to IR today. It's all next. Yeah. Kia Studios with John Chuckery and Ed Lover. Sports Radio 929 the game.